Welcome to the Discipleship Now podcast, hosted by Dr. Matthew Turner, an author, ordained minister, and father of three. Dr. Turner has pastored, held multiple ministry leadership roles, and currently serves as the Mission USA Administrator of the Congregational Holiness Church. In each episode, we'll dive into different aspects of discipleship, sharing personal stories and experiences, as well as insights and teachings from the Bible. Our hope is that this podcast will serve as a source of encouragement and inspiration for all who listen, whether you're a seasoned Christian or just beginning your journey of faith. So, Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join Dr. Matthew Turner on this journey of discipleship. Jesus was a master communicator. He was able to grab a hold of the people's attention that he was speaking to and speak right into their lives and draw them close to him. He was an incredible teacher who for three and a half years taught the disciples and anyone else that would listen to him all about the kingdom of God. And you and I today have this amazing opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from him. Hello, I'm Dr. Matthew Turner, and welcome to Discipleship Now, where we dive into life, family, and ministry through the lens of biblical discipleship. And today I want us to talk about how that we have been afforded the opportunity to learn from the greatest preacher of all time. This master communicator wants nothing more than to speak to us directly and to teach us all about the matters of the kingdom. I remember so well when God called me to preach. I was 13 years old, and I was so excited about what God was calling me to do. And when I went and told my pastor and my youth pastor that I felt like God was calling me to preach, my youth pastor gave me the next service, which happened to be a Wednesday night, to speak in our youth ministry. Well, I was not expecting that reaction or that opportunity to come so quickly. I really didn't know what it really meant to be able to get up and preach. But I knew that this was an opportunity. I knew that God had spoken to me, and so I started preparing. And I began writing down some notes, and I still have my original notes from my very first sermon when I was 13 years old. It's, it's some pieces of paper that I treasure a great deal. And I tell you, that first sermon was so terrible. It was terrible in the sense that I had no clue what I was doing. I stumbled around. I, I hardly could form words in my mouth to be able to speak. I was so nervous. My knees were shaking. My hands were shaking. And God bless those students and those adults that were sitting uh, in that service that day to listen to me because I'm not sure that they were able to learn anything about the Lord because of the, uh, the sermon that I preached was just so terrible. But now, 20 years later, the Lord has helped me a great deal to be able, I or at least I hope, to be able to communicate God's Word much better than I did when I first started preaching. But that's not to say that I still don't struggle, because God knows I do. I still get so incredibly nervous every time I get up to preach and to speak God's Word. A preacher once told me that if I ever stopped being nervous, then maybe I needed to be worried. And I think the reason why he was saying that was... Our nerves so often cause us to rely heavily on the Lord. It's a reminder just how feeble 
and how unable we are without the help of the Lord. So I am grateful for the nerves that I feel because I realize just the heavy responsibility of what it means to get up and preach the word. The very first sermon that Jesus preached, we're really not told a whole lot about. We learn of his first sermon or sermons in the verse of scripture that we've looked at several times now over the last few podcasts. And it's found in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus is described in three different ways. He's described as a teacher, as a healer, and as a preacher. Listen to the verse again, Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the kingdom of God and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And we have studied thus far Jesus the healer and Jesus the teacher, but today I want to talk about how that Jesus preached and proclaimed the kingdom of God during his years of ministry here on earth. And as I mentioned, we're not told a great deal about those first few sermons, or first sermon even, only that he traveled around Galilee preaching and proclaiming the word of God, or preaching and proclaiming the kingdom of God. But the first sermon that we do have recorded in Scripture is what we so often refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. And it's found in three different chapters, or I should say it spans three different chapters, in Matthew chapter 5 through the end of chapter 7. When Jesus finishes this amazing and powerful sermon, it is recorded in Matthew chapter 7, verse 28 and 29, that the people just stood in awe. Listen to the word. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as scribes. The people who heard Jesus teach that day, they'd never heard anything like it before. They'd never felt the power that was radiating out of Jesus' mouth and through his love and compassion that he taught with. They had never heard or experienced or felt anything like that before. And so that's why Matthew recorded that the people were astonished at his teaching and the power that came from him. And this begs the question, why would we go to anyone or anything else when we have need of something from God or from something in our life? Why would we try to find the answer in anyone or anything else when Jesus has all of the answers, when God the Father has every answer and every piece of knowledge that we could ever need? Why would we go anywhere else? Now, don't misunderstand me. I know that God uses preachers and teachers. Absolutely. He has moved upon people to write hundreds of thousands, if not maybe even millions of books about uh, about the Word of God or about getting close to God or, or whatever it may be that God moves on somebody to write about. Yes, we can learn so much through the pen and the writings and the teachings of other people, but, beloved, we first need to go to Jesus. Jesus loves us so much that not only that he came to this world to die for us, but he also has all the answers to life's questions and problems. So, beloved, go to Jesus first. Allow him to speak to you and to guide you. In Jesus' first sermon, 
there on the mount, he talked about all kinds of amazing things, and he taught some wonderful principles about the kingdom of God. But if you'll allow me, I really quickly want to highlight three points that Jesus taught about in the Sermon on the Mount. And the first thing is that Jesus taught his disciples to focus on what was ahead rather than our present circumstances. Jesus knew that on this side of heaven, we deal with all kinds of sufferings. Living in this fallen world, we deal with sickness and disease. We walk through death and grief and all other kinds of hardships. And Jesus tries to encourage his followers as he's preaching this Sermon on the Mount. And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 12. He says, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus was trying to encourage his disciples that, yes, he knows and God the Father knows that we're going to go through hard times. We will go through terrible times even as we deal with the loss of loved ones, as we deal with sickness and disease, and even persecution because of our faith. But Jesus says, don't focus on those things, for you can rejoice and be exceedingly glad even in the worst of circumstances. Why? Because our reward in heaven is great. And Paul even said something similar like this in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. He said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I want to encourage you today that just as in Jesus encouraged those who was listening to him in Matthew 5 through 7, that we can be reminded that what lies ahead of us is far greater than any of our present circumstances today. One of these days, you and I are going to get to experience all that heaven holds for us. And what a glorious day it's going to be. Jesus called his disciples and those that were following him to focus on what was ahead rather than our present circumstances. But he also challenged his followers to draw close to him. Six different times Jesus said this in his famous sermon. He said, You have heard it said, but I say unto you. The law so often dealt with one's actions. It was focused on how one acted or how one lived their life. But Jesus wanted us to draw closer to the Father, closer to Him. And so He was more focused on the heart or the intent behind our actions rather than the actions themselves. Listen to what Jesus said, and here's a great example. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 through 28. He said, You have heard it said that in the days of old that you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery in her in his heart. Did you hear what Jesus said? He placed the emphasis on the the intent of the heart rather than the action itself. It's not to say that Jesus doesn't care about our actions. Of course, Jesus cares deeply about how we act and what we do with our lives. But he also knows that if we surrender our hearts and our wills to him, that as he begins to work on our heart, that our actions will act accordingly. Because it's out of our hearts that the mouth speaks, or it's out of our hearts that we act. 
And so if Jesus can grab a hold of our hearts, if you and I will surrender our hearts, not only will we, we come into an even more intimate relationship with God the Father, but our actions will change completely. What we desire changes as we draw close to him. And so Jesus challenged his followers to draw close to him as Jesus begins to work on the intent of our hearts. And not only that, but Jesus also preaches and teaches his followers to desire the kingdom above everything else. When Jesus taught his followers how to pray, he said to pray like this, Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. And Jesus was a perfect example of living this way because Jesus said this in John chapter 5, verse 30. He said, I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Now, isn't that interesting? Jesus, the Prince of Heaven, the Son of God, could have called 10,000 angels, 100,000 angels, a million angels to come and to do uh, anything in this world. It, he, he could have called them to minister to him. He could have called them to, uh, to completely destroy the world. Jesus could have done anything, but what he chose to do was to place the kingdom of God or the will of his Father above that of his own will. And this is so difficult for us to do because our, our flesh is so designed to want what we want over everything else. But Jesus taught us to lay our wants and our wills down so that the kingdom of God can be lifted up, so that his will could be completed in our lives. Everything that we do as a follower of Christ must and should be about the kingdom of God and the God of the kingdom. He desires to consume our life. God does. Every aspect of our lives, every moment of our lives, God desires to consume our lives in every way. And I know you might be sitting there thinking, well, Matthew, if I give up my life, then I'll have no life. I'll have to live in some uh, cave somewhere as some secluded monk. But beloved, that is actually just the opposite of what the scripture teaches. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. He said, for whoever will save his life will lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Jesus is saying that if we will give our lives to him and allow God to consume our lives, our hearts, our minds, our actions, our wants, our wills, our desires, if we will allow him to have every part of our life, then we will experience a life beyond description. We will experience a true and wonderful life, life as God intended for us to have from the very beginning. If you will give your life to Jesus, allow him to become Lord and Savior of your life, then God, the Father, will give you life and life so abundant. Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom of God, and his desire for us is to live and proclaim the kingdom as well. Beloved, Jesus is calling out to you to follow him, and it's my deepest and earnest prayer that you follow him today. Well, I would love to connect with you, so please reach out to me on my website, MatthewRyanTurner.com. 
Sign up for all of the updates and the emails that come. You can go to the website and sign up for our emails. And also on the website, there are other resources for your life and ministry that I hope and pray will be a great blessing to you. So until next time, it's my prayer that the Lord will bless and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Discipleship Now podcast hosted by Dr. Matthew Turner. We hope this episode has encouraged and inspired you on your faith journey. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others who might benefit from these conversations. Until next time, keep seeking Jesus and growing in your discipleship journey.